Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Liverpool nil, Burnley won. It had to come to an end, didn't it? Well, I mean, in all honesty, the run... You had a feeling the run was going to come to an end because we just seemed to be playing poorly. And, you know, and I know you are always on about how we have to ignore the ref, but you also had a feeling like it was going to be the ref who decided that our, you know, run came to an end. And that's unfortunately what it was. We, we, we didn't look good enough the whole game i thought there were periods where we looked better i liked the change up in the first half where we brought different guys on um i hated when we decided to reunite the front three for i don't know because it didn't work for the last four games so why not try it again um and and well, you know <laughs> on that point what was the alternative to leave Rigi on absolutely why because salah needs to not play and Firmino needs to not play, and Mane needs to not play. Like, I would rather play the the under-23 forwards than I would play these three right now. They, you know, the, the, okay. the chances so, that they can generate never even look dangerous. And what they do kind of get a chance on, they're not even putting on net. They need a period of, I don't know, either rest or rethinking or something. But running out the same thing game in, game out, I think we've proven is not going to work. Okay, so your comment on the front three not needing to be reunited in the second half was less to do with them being on, having giving us a better chance to win the game, but more t- to prove a point to them and to hopefully um, get them back into form by having them sit. In part, but I also found like in the first half, I found that there were some chances that were generated that felt like genuine, you know, an expectation of a goal where I got to be honest, the last three, four games, even when we get a, the ball in, in the box, I feel like nothing's going to happen. And then nothing happens, right? Like when Salah gets it in the box on the edge of the six yard box and then runs straight at three guys and loses the ball. I don't even bother like, you know, taking a drink. It's just like a regular occurrence these days. So it felt like in the first half, you know, not that I think, um, you know, the players that were on were necessarily better, but I felt like they offered something different and I felt like there was a bit more of a flow to it. Yeah, they definitely played. Well, there was more of a flow in the first half. I, I, I think that our intensity increased as soon as Firmino and Salah came on. And I understand where your where your sentiment's coming from, but let's let's be honest, Origi was not going to score today. Right. So the sooner he was off, the better. So, I I mean, I'm going to actually disagree because it's not always about scoring. So the one that really um, highlighted for me was uh, one of the plays in the first half where Ox was kind of past the ball just outside their box. And you literally saw three defenders break position to run towards him to not let him get the shot off. And when, um, when the front three... Uh, Salah, Mane, and Firmino are playing, that never happens because there's never a threat of a shot. And today, um, you know, Shaq looked like he was threatening. Um, Ox looked, I mean, I don't know if he had a good shot, but everybody knew he could and he moved the defense a bit. And Origi tried, and even Mane tried shots from the outside that at least shifted the defense, at least something. 
you know, I think, I think for lack of a better way of putting it, we've been figured out, which is that all you need to do is pack 11 men in the box and Salah's still going to try to dribble through you. And it's not working. So we took 27 shots today and only has six on target. That's, that's um, criminal. 12 that's, corners. And you know what? Let's be honest. Six shots on target is fantastic for this team right now. Yeah, but not from 27 shots. I mean, in a way, I hear you, but then in another way, you know, uh, shots on target against uh, Man U was three. Yeah, but having watched the game, how many shots were really a threat to the goalie? Maybe one. In, in that game, we had 17 shots and three on target. Then in the game before against Southampton, we had seven shots and three on target. So frankly, six, oh, sorry, 17 shots and one on target. My mistake. So if we're going from 17 shots and one on target to, you know, now we're looking at, hey, 27 shots and six on target, we're actually upping our percentage, which is sad. <laughs> like, again, that's that's where the frustration comes in because the fact that today was actually a step in the right direction because we're actually hitting the net, even though the ball's straight at the goalie, at least we're making him play it, that's kind of pathetic. Like, we're the, the silver lining is, hey, our shots on target is horrible, but still much better than our last few games. I mean... We're, we're certainly heading in the right direction, but that doesn't say much given where we're coming from. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. The the number, again, that jumps out to me, which is, is troubling, is the 11 fouls to 8. You know, we had 72% of possession, and yet we fouled, you know, much more than them. So... Um, I don't know whether it's a combination of them diving and us not, or us being frustrated and them not. Like whatever it is, um, it does remind me of last year when Man City got exposed a bit because all of those little nudges got called for fouls, and all of a sudden they couldn't win a game. Um, and and we don't play that kind of game where we're always trying to body guys off and take the tactical foul. But now, I mean. We, we're just getting called. It feels like we get called for everything. It feels like there's almost no, uh, you know, every, every time an opposing player goes down, it could be a gust of wind that blows them over. We're going to get called for the foul. Like, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly what's going on. Um, but to me, that's a problem. Us fouling that much, whether it's earned or not, is causing a problem in our game. It is. We're... We're not used to foul or we're not used to being called for fouls as much. And so it's either to your point, it's either there's something bigger going on or it's a mark of our frustration that things are not going our way the way they have for the past couple and a half seasons. And we don't know how to play ourselves out of it. And the, the, the players are getting frustrated by sticking in a, 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 a trailing leg when they really don't need to, you know, um, in the past, we would just play through these types of performances, but now they don't know what to do. And it's evident in our, in our game. So I'll go to the conspiracy theories and that the league's against us, which I don't think necessarily is the case. Um, what I will say is it is um, frustrating how it feels like every single big call goes against us. But I actually thought while we're talking, let's take a look. Because I know the last two or three years, Liverpool was the lowest fouling team in the league. 
Uh, interestingly, this year on the EPL website, they've actually taken off team fouls, total team fouls is no longer shown. It was shown last year, it was shown the year before, it's been shown the whole time, but for some reason it's not one of the stats that you can choose now. Interesting. Not not making, I, I'm not gonna go as far as to say the EPL is against us because I don't believe that. Um, but you know, for, for those conspiracy theorists, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, they're not necessarily smart fouls. Like, let's be honest, it feels like Fab is making dumb fouls every game. And and his halftime foul was just, I mean, that's just unnecessary. It, it does nothing for anybody at that point to to get a foul because you're minorly frustrated over a header. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's probably, I mean, he's he's coming. He's done very well playing in the defense, but all of the players are individually and collectively frustrated. And he's probably just frustrated. Number one, the team's not doing well. Number two, he's thinking. I'm not even a defender and I have to play in this stupid position every single game. Right. So I, I think everything is coming to a head right now. And um, I think I mentioned on the previous podcast, Klopp may have missed an opportunity to just choose whatever remaining defenders he has in his squad, even if it's an 18 year old and just put them in, in, in the team and, and bring Fabinho back into the midfield because Pushing him back is having a trickle effect on the rest of the team. And they're, they're still trying to play as if they have Van Dijk and Gomez at the back there when really they have to change their tactics if if they want to persist with this type of lineup. So, I mean, let's, let's get to that. And I think the big that is um, that for the first time, um, I think some questions need to be thrown at Klopp because um, cha- running different lineups out and not changing your tactics um, doesn't seem like one of those, you know, um, tactics that that you know. I think that the better coaches do. I think there needs to be some degree of tactic change based on not just the opponent, but also on the players that you have. And to, and to your point, um, Van Dyke and Gomez are perfect for a high line because of their speed. Um, and with with Van Dyke's height and ability to get to a lot of headers, you know, there's not a lot of chances that are created over them that they can't head or catch up to. Um, you know, when you look at um, the the people we're playing now, and it seems to change every day. But when you're talking about you know um, Fabinho at the back, that's that's just not his game. And Matip, for as good as he is, um, he's not a speed guy. So I I mean the the tactic we're playing defensively I don't understand anymore. That high line we don't have the personnel for it. Um the front three are not as effective anymore for the simple fact that opponents have realized pack the box with all your players and they can't score. And that's happening game after game. I mean there were there were instances in this game where there were literally all 11 defender all 11 um Burnley players in the box. Yeah. I mean, and so we kept we kept on crossing to a, a forwards that are either not good in the air or five foot five. Yeah, I mean the players that that Burnley have the defenders they might not be the fastest in the world, but they're tall and strong. And crossing it is not going to get to our shorter, weaker players. It's just not. There's there's a really no other way to say it. 
the other thing is, I mean, you know, Burnley could choose to try to play a high line, but they look, they say, okay, Liverpool's fast, we're not. So they're not playing this ridiculously high line even when they're attacking. So we couldn't even get behind them. So to me, that's looking at the players you have and changing your tactics accordingly. And I feel like Liverpool's just not doing that. We're still trying to do the exact same thing we did last year and the year before. And frankly, it's just not working. So what do you think would work? Given the personnel that we, we, it looks like we're going to have for the next few months. So I think you just make the decision that um, you're going to bring one of the younger guys on. So in defense, right? in defense. So no offense to Klopp and his um, machine, but you know Nat Phillips is a solid defender who is phenomenal through the air and is speed wise no worse than Fabinho or Matip. He's not slow, but he's not fast. Um, and he's pretty slow. Well, not as bad as Reese Williams. Um, I'd love to see them in a foot race. I suspect he is. So is I, I thought so too until I saw Reese Williams get smoked on that one run a few games ago. So I don't think he's that bad, and I think he's a smart enough kid that seems to understand his limitations and play within them. Um, yes. And I that think I, he, I think you push Fabinho up. And and most importantly, get rid of this high line. You know, if you can have Matip and um, Nat Phillips in your central backs, you don't need to keep this massively high line because you can head a lot of balls away, for one. And two, you need to stop dreaming about the defense springing your forwards. Because against Burnley, they knew we were looking for it and they just stayed back. And the threat's gone. And instead of having Fabinho in a spot he can help the team, you have him in a spot where he hurts the team. So, uh, like, at some point, these tactics have to change. You know, uh, Einstein's definition of insanity was doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. You know, if the last five games have shown us anything, it's teams are literally playing the exact same style against us right now, and every single one of them is getting points off us, if not beating us. So something needs to change. I don't know. What's your thought? Yeah, I think the challenge Klopp has right now is in the past, he's always trusted this group of players to 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 find a solution, right? So, um, of course, he ha- he comes with the tactics and the preparation, but he's kind of allowed the players or he's he's in, he's empowered them to come up with solutions on the field. And that's just not happening right now. And so he has to do something similar to what Brendan Rodgers did a couple of times towards the end of his reign at, at, at Liverpool, where I remember we were going through a slump and he changed it to to a back three, and then we won five, six games in a row. Um, he, he, he needs to do something, and he, he needs to do it in midseason. We don't have the luxury of waiting until the summer and then coming up to a new season with a new change tactic. He needs to do it midseason, and he's struggling with personnel. Nobody is, is playing with confidence right now. I think that if I were in his, if I were him, I would drop Trent, and I would play Williams on the right. Just Neko. To, Yes. Neko, not Reese. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, just to, number one, Trent is playing terribly. And then hopefully that will show him that he needs to do something about his form. And maybe Williams offers us something different. Um, Which we've already talked about. Williams offers something different. He doesn't just come down the wing and bomb into the middle to the short guys who can never reach it. He actually cuts into the middle and starts causing something. So I have absolutely agreement with you. Next. Yeah. And and then I would for sure I would play Nat Phillips at the back, 
and whenever Matip is fit, play with Matip, and when not. Um, <laughs> I know we just talked about bringing in um, career defenders or proper defenders, but I don't know about Reese Williams. I really don't. I I trust him more playing with someone with experience, but I don't know if him and Nat Phillips would be good at the back. So let me let me ask you this: Who would you prefer as a defensive pairing, Fabinho and Phillips, or Henderson and Phillips? Um, Henderson and Phillips. Absolutely. And that was the thing. It feels like Fabinho's our first choice center back, but I actually would disagree with that. I would actually take Hendo with the young guy because Hendo can coach him and Hendo's not the Hendo takes lots of fouls, but never the dumb stuff that Fabinho takes. Right. Exactly. And and even when he gets frustrated, it's not the stupid frustrated. It's the angry try to do something frustrated. So you know what's crazy? I would actually play Nat Phillips and Sepp at the back. Oh, I'm not sure about Sepp. I haven't seen him in a while. I'm even more worried about him than I am about Reese Williams and Nat Phillips. And, and at least he's a defender and he's tall, right? And that's all you need. So you I'll know what? My my dream right now would be Joel Matip and Nat Phillips on the back line. Because then I wouldn't worry about headers. I wouldn't worry about, you know free kicks that they're going to try to drop into the box because I know we're going to have guys that are going to go and get those heads on him. Where now with Fabinho, I don't know, he's like 6'1 or 6'2. And I I can't remember any sort of aerial battle that he's winning. Like yeah, he's, some out at, at midfield, but when it gets into our box, he's that's that's clearly not his game. So right. and and you may be right. He may be incredibly frustrated about the fact that he's playing a position he doesn't want to play. I mean, he did come out and say that when this is all said and done, he wants to go back to his old position, which to me tells me he's not happy doing what he's doing. Absolutely. And and he shouldn't be happy because if he's playing it as a defender, it means that we're missing our first choice defenders. And that's not a good thing for anybody, right? So, yeah. If for all parties concerned, the sooner he moves back to midfield, the better. Agreed. Um, so, I mean, Nat yeah. Phillips, me, would be on the back line. So what would you do with the front three? Um, I would... Well, is Jota back? No. I mean, no. Jota in the front three is a given. What do you do until then? Um, I would... I would actually... I'll put Salah in the middle because I don't like him on the right. He doesn't add anything there, and he hogs the line so much, and he just tries to dribble into three three players. So I'd, I'd rather just have him in the middle as a striker. So I'd play Mani on the left, Salah in the middle, Shaq on the right, and then in the midfield, Fabinho, Thiago, and Henderson. So you're dropping Genie. Um, you know what I will say for Genie? I feel like his game is much more advanced than it was last year and the year before. I feel like this year he's actually giving us a bit going forward that he usually hasn't. The problem is that it's not consistent. That's so, absolutely true. And, I, I and never again, know whether we can rely, we can trust him to 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 put in a, 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 an attacking spurt, or if he'll try that strongman stuff that he always does, where he's holding the ball, turning around in a circle, and then kicking the ball back to a defender. I guess what I would what I would say to that is I wonder how much of 
the forward play he's doing right now is him doing it and is it Klopp's instruction that he not because more and more I'm getting the impression that Klopp's instruction is not um in fact we know we know that for the last few years he's been telling guys you know your job is not to move the ball forward your job is not to attack and so I'm I'm thoroughly confused about what the midfielder should be doing under Klopp because it almost looks like some games they're you know, of two minds. It looks like they they want to be part of the attack and then they don't want to be part of the attack when they should be. So I don't really know what's going on there. Yeah, we've always relied on Firmino coming back and playing as a midfielder and then feeding into Salah and Mane along with the fullbacks and then just trusting their excellence. Right now, uh, Roberto, uh, Roberto Firmino is out of form. I was even... The reason why I hesitated with my midfield was when I dropped him from the front three i was actually hoping to find a spot for him in the midfield as a midfielder but um you have to have henderson and you have to have tiago just not playing so deep and um i'm already moved fabinho there so there's no room for genie or fabinho uh, yeah i would agree with that i mean look at the end of the day you know in this game was there, was there, I mean, we got six shots on net. Were there any that you can remember as actually being dangerous? Yeah, the only one I remember was, well, there's two. The one from Salah, where he almost snuck it in on the near post. And the one where it ricocheted off Firmino for, I guess, went off a defender for a corner. And why, and, and why was there a defender standing right there? Because there were 11 men in the box at that time from Burnley. Yeah. So... You, you have to, like, I don't know what language to put it in for Klopp, but you can't keep trying to dribble into the 18-yard box and around the 18-yard box when the other team drops 11. It's just not going to happen. Then what do you do? Spread it out, take shots from outside. If they want to get into the box, then take 20 shots from outside the box and one of them will ricochet and deflect. Or one of them will hit a hand. Or one of them will hit it. Well, I mean, that's getting into the whole concept of penalties. And I assume that, you know, a guy will actually dive for it, put both hands on it, and it won't be whistled down because it's incidental contact. I mean, at this point, I assume we don't get penalty shots anymore. To be they fair, can only we, go the other way. We were trying to, to take shots. In this I, game, we finally felt like we were trying to take shots. And it was the time that we felt the most dangerous. Because A... I mean, Shaq had a couple chances that I thought legitimately if he got his boot on a bit better, they might go in. And B, once Burnley realized we were trying to take shots, they started changing how they defended and they had to come out of the box. And that caused space in the box. But the second Firmino and Salah came on, that space completely went away and they all dropped straight into the box. When Mosala tries to dribble through three players in the box, do you think he's trying to be quote unquote savvy and looking for a penalty and he just doesn't know how to do it? Or do you, is he actually trying to beat them? He's actually trying to beat them. Because I, I think we're certainly missing some of that. We don't have anybody, and this is a clock thing because he wants to play football the right way, but we don't have like someone like a Luis Suarez who you know would be in the box trying to get a penalty. Right when and it, all eleven players in the box, he will be trying to get a penalty somehow, some way, and it usually works. And we don't have anybody trying to do that. I'm not saying we should, but sometimes that is the only option. 
So I'm going to be unequivocal in saying we should, and it's it falls directly on Klopp and his management style that we're losing these games because um, you know the the penalty shot that Burnley had today was not a penalty shot in multiple different ways. There was so first of all the ball was already out of bounds. Second of all, the guy was on his way down. And third of all, there was not enough contact even outside the box for that to be a, a, a foul. But, I mean, look at it. They got a penalty shot on what is, you know, an incredibly soft penalty. I mean, there may have been some contact, but he was already on the way down. Contrast that with Mane, who had his leg held by a goalie. Salah, who gets bear hugged to the ground. I mean, at the end of the day, we need to start thinking about how do we generate penalty shots? Because, you know, to to Klopp's point, in two years, Man U has gotten more penalty shots than we have in five. And, you know, we managed to overcome that last year and the year before when we were playing the right way and, you know, we were good enough. Now, guys are not in form. The margins of... of you know, the margins between a win and a loss are getting smaller and smaller. And so we need every edge we can get. And, you know, working the ref for fouls and for for penalty shots is an angle that we're simply not using and every other team is. Yeah. And, and so I know that it looks like we're not going to buy any players this window, which is unfortunate because that will impact our Never mind the league, but our top four um, opportunities. Which, and by the way, I did call that. I called that as well. Actually. I was oh. so I was the first one to call it back in like September when I said we're buying nobody in the in the winter. Oh, window. you're talking about okay, but you did say we weren't going to buy Tiago, and he he popped out of nowhere. So, I, uh, I was, uh, but Tiago and Jota were bought on very odd deals where the upfront money was almost nothing. Right, which is it my was, point. Yeah, and and I was hoping, I was hopeful that there'll be some half decent defender somewhere on a half decent team that needs a half decent amount of money that we could work a deal on. I I'm kind of I'm beyond shocked that anybody in the Liverpool hierarchy actually thinks we can achieve anything reasonable without bringing in some type of defender. It doesn't have to be a. It can be a, even a top hundred defender. Will be much much better than what we're doing by pulling our best defensive midfielder and playing him there and then relying on a half-injured, um, retired Cameroonian international. You know what? I mean, at the end of the day, if you asked me, I, I would actually be okay almost going for like a, a retired guy, like a 33-year-old defender whose That's- best days are behind him to play with a 23-year-old um, Nat Phillips Drop the line back. Don't play that ridiculously high line because they're both slow. But they're two guys, you know, can both get headers, both tall. And then it frees up Fabinho. And when Matip's available, okay, you play Matip instead of one of them. That's actually where I was kind of going. Um, If you look at Man U, when when they brought in Edison Cavani, everybody was thinking, what's the point of that? That's that's just a waste of money. Uh, What's he going to do? He's past it. He's too expensive. He's slow. But... He brings Naus into the team, right? And so even just having him around will raise the game of others. So there there are enough free agents out there, free agent defenders out there, who, to your point, are in their mid-30s that will still be able to do a better job than what we're doing fiddling around every week with midfielders and, and under-18s. 
Hold on before you even before you talk about that he's going to bring that sense in the team. Cavani has four goals. Yeah, no, I, yeah, he's It's sorry. it's not like he's uh I mean, he's a past his prime player, but legitimately he comes on as something of a super sub at this point exactly. and gets them goals in big games. Right. And if that's the difference between them finishing 8th and them winning the league, then it's money very well spent and I I don't understand I just don't understand how, like, in a weird way, maybe I almost wish they didn't win the league last year. You know, maybe they're a little bit too confident that they could just find solutions within the squad. And it's ridiculous that even after they sold Lovren and they started the season with a injury-prone defender and two first-choice defenders, after they one by one each got injured, they're still talking about we don't, we will find solutions within the squad. Either just come out and say we're broke and we can't afford it, or just go find somebody. But don't tell me that you're going to find solutions from within the squad. I That's mean, for the champions of England, to, to put it in perspective, De Bruyne has three goals. Timo Werner has four goals. So a has been is so. I actually I'm trying to remember all of the goals for for Cavani and. All of them were important goals, if I recall correctly. Right. None of them exactly. were were just all of them got points. Yes. So if you can bring in an old timer who can help us get points, prevent one goal. If if you brought in an old timer who by this point had prevented four goals, we'd be much further up the table. Right. And 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 honestly, I, at this point, I, I'd even bring in. I'll bring back Daniel Sturridge. You know. He's he's a free agent. Just bring him in for the rest of the season just to have another option off the bench because one thing that he does know how to do is score goals, even if he plays a few minutes, right? Even if he comes on as a sub for a change of pace to, you know, what what Salah and Mane are doing. Right. Absolutely. Like, something needs to change. You cannot keep running out the same team every week. Like, this is, what, five games in a row now that we are just, I mean, we're looking terrible. It's three three ties, two losses in the last five games. Unbelievable. Two points in what? Out of... Two 15? points out of 15. To give you an idea, Sheffield United has more points in the last five games. West hmm. Brom has more points. Fulham has more points. Brighton has more points. The only team in the league that has less points than us in the last five games is Newcastle. Think about that. 18 of 19 teams have gotten more points than us in the last five games. But don't worry, we don't need any new players. Yeah, we'll find solutions. These are, what's what's that term? Mentality monsters. Okay. Prove it. And sorry, you know what? I'm kind of getting emotional right now. I'm not flagging <laughs> up the players. This has been an amazing, this is an amazing squad. But Klopp has to be brave and make some harsh decisions. I'd much rather hear those stats of two points out of 15 if he had made the changes that he needs to make. If he had dropped the players that were not performing and we were doing that, then at least the positive is that we're teaching players a lesson or, or we're just giving them time off to really regather their their focus and then to come back firing. But just to keep doing the same thing and then to still have two points is just it's not it's not professional. So we're we're half game halfway through the season at 34 points, which would finish us off at 68. Yeah. Just as an idea, Tottenham has a game in hand so they can get ahead of us. Everton has two games in hand so they can get ahead of us. So we could actually be in sixth place once everybody plays the halfway point. 
which makes next... actually I take it back. Aston Villa could too. We could be in seventh place. Right. Yeah. Which which makes next week's game against Spurs a must win, and a must win for what? Because we've lost the league, so we are not repeating as champions. That one's clear as day. I think the real issue now is can we even salvage Champions League and and with this team, unless something drastically changes, I actually don't see it happening. I think we can because the other teams are just not consistent, right? So Man and- City Man City is gonna win the league. That one's a done deal. Um Man U is gonna lose games, but I mean they're not gonna lose badly as we are. Like again, your your opinion on the fact that we're going to go to Champions League is predicated on the fact that we're actually going to start fixing whatever's wrong in the next in the very next game. The biggest issue for us is we're just not playing well against the poorer teams, and we've counted on points at home and against the better teams. But now we're losing at home and we're not able to beat the better teams. So. It's not looking good, but I, I, I still. The only thing that will will hinder us is if our frustration. It, it it's now down to Klopp. He needs to find a way to manage the team's frustrations because, at some point, the players will just. At some point, they might just give up, right? Because they'll be too frustrated, and then they'll start thinking about what they need to do for their their careers, next season, right? So he he needs to ensure that if he. If if any of that begins to catch hold, he needs to drop players, and he, he he needs to ensure that Milner or Henderson is always on the field. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely a big part of it. Those guys need to be on. Um, I mean, there's still desire on the team, but I think you're right. A, a level of frustration is set in. I mean, I think we could go position by position, and you could probably say more more players are really frustrated, and you can see it in the game than not. And that's that's not going to work long term. Um, again, I mean, I I'm I'm back to you know four three three. Let the front three create. Blah blah blah. I just I don't know that that's going to work. And frankly, to your point of we're not performing against the lower teams, it's because lower teams are playing almost a modified version of park the bus, which is back the bus up into the box. Yeah. Like in the past, I think teams played against us and parked the bus. I think now they're doing it like it's park the bus on steroids, which is, I mean, at times they don't even have a player up to chase the ball that they kick out because we're simply not making them pay. You know, when they drop all their players into the box, we need something. And the fact that we don't have tall guys who can't get heads on it makes it very difficult. That's why, I mean, to me, Origi is very valuable because at least he's the one player on a cross that can actually out muscle and out climb some of the defenders where Salah's not going to do it. And Mane is good with his head, but not in a crowd. Like he needs a bit of space. So um, I don't know, maybe like Tottenham's going to park the bus. Obviously that's their game. Uh, so we might be in the exact same position against them. Yeah. And, and, I don't know. I mean, this is all hindsight, but the, again, the good th- the good news about Tottenham is Mourinho will play the same way he plays, so they know what to expect, and we just have to hope that we were accurate on on the day, because if we score first, they will open up and they will score again, right? That's how the game will go. Or I'm, they'll get us on the break. I'm I'm not even sure about that, because a I don't even know if we know how to score anymore. Um, that's, that's one. And I don't even mean that as a mean thing. 
I mean, a ball going in now would surprise me. And I can't even imagine how much it would surprise the players. Um, so I don't feel like a, a one goal will give them momentum. I just don't. And two, I mean, I think we saw the last game against Tottenham. We scored and they got it back in a few minutes. So, you know, I think Tottenham at this point is probably mentally in a better place than we are. So I I see a lot of different ways for Tottenham to win. I actually don't see a ton of ways for us to win. That's true. That is the biggest concern is the rest of the teams are riding some momentum when we are we are losing some. And that is a concern. But there's only one way to fix that, right? I mean, realistically, I can see Man U getting into their regular Man U funk. Leicester, I can see them having a drop-off like they did last year. Tottenham, I can see them having a drop-off once the players tune out Mourinho or get tired because his, you know, park the bus isn't working as well. Um, Everton's hot and cold. Realistically, it's just Man City that I feel is consistent at this point. But again, I I just, I don't have a... Until, well, but I just don't have a feeling like we're going to get better. Like I, I, there's nothing I've seen in the last five games that I'm like, oh, that's an interesting strategy. Once they perfect that, it's, it's literally just the same thing and, and it's not working. And the biggest thing too, is we, we haven't really, we haven't really had the opportunity in recent years to see this team work or play themselves out of a bad form or spell right so it's it's a totally new experience yeah and and um, it's an it's a new experience for them too and you know as much as i i like how klopp refers to them as you know mental giants i think now is when you find out if they really are mental giants or not because you know, being hot, falling down three nothing, and then coming back is one thing because you know you can do it. Um, winning games now, when you almost have forgotten how to win, I think that takes much more. So uh, I think we'll have to see what comes uh, from this game. Did you have anyone you wanted to highlight and say they had a good game? I won't even call them a man of the match. I'll just say highlight because yeah, I'll say um, Trent had a great game for Burnley. <laughs> that's what I'll that's what I'll say. Even towards the end, it was actually the only the only the, his only saving grace is that he's a young player, so he maybe he doesn't know any better, but the way he was just strolling around frustrated when we were trying to push, even though we knew we were not gonna score, but at least try to push for goal and he was just casually frustrated with himself. That's no, that's not gonna cut it. There's no time to feel sorry for yourself. If you want to do that, just tell tell Klopp that you want to come off. But don't stroll around frustrated feeling sorry for yourself when we're trying to push for an equalizer in the last few minutes so i'll be honest i'm actually going to blame that one on klopp if a player gets so frustrated that they're strolling around acting like that they should have already been subbed off and you as a coach have failed yeah exactly i agree because you you still have to keep in mind he's a kid who has known nothing but success yeah and so you like he needs he needs to be shown that even when you're not having success, you come with the same mentality game in and game out and Klopp letting him behave like that and not taking away minutes is not going to teach him that. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I'm sure he'll be fine. It, it may take next season before he returns back to his best, but I do remember Steven Gerrard going through something like this similar where 
all of a sudden around around the same age actually 21 22 he hit a brick wall and everybody was actually thinking yeah this guy's done i think i think he'll he'll just kind of fade into oblivion and then he came back next season and the rest is history so it's a good lesson for him um he has had it all his way since he came into the team i mean two champions league finals before he was 19 or before he was 20 is quite incredible you know, being voted to the world 11 this, European 11 that. It, I think it's a good wake-up call for him in particular. And um, I would really like to see him in the midfield at some point this season. If the season ends up being a write-off uh, for, for the league or even for Champions League, who knows. But I would like to see him in the midfield because I think his days at the right-back are over. Uh, that's possible. Um, I'll give my man of the match to Shaq because... Hmm. Um, I liked seeing him there. I felt like he genuinely cared. I felt like he was trying to make things happen. And, you know, he got off a couple shots that, you know, on a different day might have gotten him a bit better and, and might have gone in. I feel like when he had the ball, at least I thought he might be dangerous. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'll say is that his 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 um, looking for shots was a little bit too predictable. Because he was trying to get himself on, trying to get the ball in his left foot, and and I think that's not no fault of his. I think other players around him should have been a little bit more cuter with the way they they, they played him in to look for the shot. But every time he got the, the ball on his right foot, he tried to, to shimmy to his left in order to shoot, and the Burnley defense was too smart for that. Yeah, I agree. But that being said, he still got off a couple shots. One of which, if he'd placed it a bit better, would have been a goal. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah. And and he's one of the few players that him and Thiago are, are capable of that. So at least he was trying. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what I'll say is I'm I'm much prefer his corners, um, which are low and hard compared to the corners from Alexander Arnold, which are loopy and made for tall players. And right. again, I come back to when you don't have tall players, you change your strategy. So I don't know why we kept running out the same, you know, you know, corners for tall players when you don't have them. Just it doesn't make sense. So I liked his much more direct uh, corners today, uh, and and I I'm, I guess I'll I'll give him the man of the match, even though all in all, you know, um, wasn't wasn't a, a happy finisher, a great game, but uh, on to better things, and hopefully we can uh, get back to winning for a change at uh, Tottenham. So I am going to say this too. I still believe that we're going to win the league. So if you're a betting person, our odds are probably dropped significantly right now. Put your money on it. Liverpool is winning the league this year. For more stories, analysis and articles, go to the forensicop.com website.